You're listening to the Flame Central Podcast, your home for Liberty University Athletics. For the second time in program history, Liberty Baseball makes a regional final. We are going to recap some of the top moments of the tournament. Plus, Liberty Track and Field is in Tracktown, USA, Eugene, Oregon for nationals. We're going to talk about all the events coming up next. Now from our studio at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, here's your host, Emily Austin, with Matt Warner and Rhett McGibbon. I mean, it's so sad that it has come to an end, yeah. but wow, what a season for Liberty Baseball. I mean, they really hung in there with one of the best teams in the nation. There is so much to talk about and digest from this tournament and how many guys stepped up in big moments for Liberty Baseball. Matt, first things first, what are, I mean, first of all, Duke. I mean, we came in here, we brought Scott Jackson in last week, and we were talking about having a a familiar opponent in Duke, and they have just completely destroyed them. We had a uh, team lunch on Friday, and it was just bomb after bomb. Yeah, we had a nice little watch party. We had a little barbecue in the break room, or in the conference room. We were all watching, and they just absolutely lit up the Blue Devils that day, and would do it again on Sunday. Yeah, and what was that? The game Gulikowski had two Two home runs, three three run run home runs. It was just... Very fun to watch, and I was just, you know, excited to see the Flames start off so hot, and, and you know, getting that first win is so important. What did you see in that game that you think would, cont- uh, you know, carry the Flames into the rest of the tournament? Well, you just like seeing guys get on track and swing the bat well, and we saw, and the Flames saw up and down the lineup. I mean, when you look at, at this regional, it was just, a, it was a total tale of two opponents, right? You didn't end up facing Wright State at all, so it was just Duke and Tennessee. Against Duke, you scored 26 runs. That's against insane. against yeah, Tennessee, right? you score four. Mm. And now, obviously, Duke, and just even going into the series, looking at their stats, like, yeah, they're the hottest team in the country. Uh, you know, they've been swinging the bat really well. They've got some offensive weapons. But their pitching was, yeah, a little suspect. <laughs> yeah. And I think you saw that in, in, in the two games against Liberty. The Flames lineup definitely took advantage. Tennessee much more talented on the mound. Uh, but, yeah, listen, there were moments for almost everybody on this team and in this lineup, and that was the fun part. I mean, you're talking about Jalen Guy, kid that struggled offensively so much this year, hits a grand slam on Sunday against Duke. Logan Matthews had his ups and downs. He had some big home runs and big hits in the, in this uh, regional as well. So that was cool for me, just seeing some of those guys that had maybe had some struggles throughout the year have a moment. And, and and these guys will take that with them, you know, for the rest of their life. They they had some big moments and, and stepped up in some big situations. And I think anyone that watched that game uh, on Sunday, the final game against Tennessee, which Liberty lost three to one, like there's no question the Flames deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. This wasn't some like oh yeah small conference, but no 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 no. This was one of the better teams in the nation. Speaking of the Flames, and they went toe to toe with the what third national yeah. the national <laughs> national seed in Tennessee. Like they went toe to toe with them. Yeah, going off that, I think if you're a person talking to a Flames fan, you said at the beginning of the year, at the end of this season, your team will go to a regional. It'll be ranked the toughest regional yeah. in the nation. And then you'll knock off the ACC champ. Now, Duke being that is a little bit, but it's okay. Tournament it, champ. At least. Got, yeah, right. Tournament oh, champ. I thought the Liberty Flames were the ACC yeah, champ. It should be. <laughs> and then you're going to go right to the wire with, as you said, the number three team in the nation in Tennessee. That's a doggone good year. Yeah. I know you want to get there, but that is a really solid year. I know you're going to mention this, man. I think it's a great time to talk about it. You did this all without Trey Gibson. Right. Like, that is huge. You do it without your young number two stud. 
in their pitching rotation, which I think is just incredible. Well, think about this. And, and I don't know what Scott Jackson would have done in that first game against Tennessee, who he would have thrown if he had the option. But if Trey Gibson was available and you're able to throw him in that game that you end up losing 9-3, to three, like who knows what happens in that second game. And that's a lot to expect out of a true freshman, you know, in a situation like that. But he's also been that good at times. Yeah. And, and you didn't have him at all. Again, it speaks to the depth of the, the pitching staff, which we've talked about all year long. You get a guy, Mason Meyer, who comes in against Duke, throws a complete game, must-win game, comes out, gives you nine innings. Like That just tells you about the depth and tells you about, as you said, guys stepping up in big situations. So thrilled for Mason, who got taken out of the starting rotation earlier in the year. I'm sure was frustrated at times with his role being a little bit you know, in flux. But big moment, steps up, gets it done, and gives the Flames a shot to uh, make something happen against Tennessee the second time. You know, so yesterday, Sunday, you know, the Flames get the big win. I was following along on Tennessee's Twitter because the game, the regional final was supposed to be at 6 p.m., right? right? So Tennessee baseball is like tweeting because it's the first inning and I think what the Flames put up like seven runs in the first and they're like, um, it's so-and-so time. The Flames are still in the first inning scoring runs. I really don't think that this regional final is going to start on time. But because the Flames dropped that game, I'm going to use the excuse as, okay, you just had a long game, 15-run game topping Duke. You have to regroup within an hour to play in another game, and it's obviously like a very important game that you need to win in order to advance to, to beat Tennessee because they had to beat Tennessee twice. But so that's my reasoning of why the Flames, it would, they just needed, you need, you need that power nap, you mm-hmm. know, that 30, 20, 30 minutes. Like, no. no, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm, I'm agreeing with you in the sense that it's hot. You come from a really, <laughs> well, it's hot, but you also come from a, a really emotional victory. You know, it's do or die and you have to have a certain level of intensity and to keep that level of intensity up in, a, in an athlete, not just for one game, but for two and during the intermission as well. That's like eight to nine hours of being like jacked up. That's exhausting. So yeah, that's a great point. And you know, remember um, earlier in this season, Scott Jackson came on the podcast, and I don't know what the numbers and the statistics are. It'd be interesting to look more into this. But when you play a doubleheader, I know he was talking about when you're playing that against the same opponent. But I wonder what the numbers are when you're playing a doubleheader. You know. And you know, back to back games, yeah. Yeah. um, and and how difficult it is to win both. So, well, and here's the thing you held Tennessee to three runs, right? Yeah, so like you got to give some props right. to Ellard, right? Fraser Ellard, yeah. first start of the season, yeah. right? He's been awesome out of the bullpen, he gives you five innings, he throws 92 pitches, both season highs, and one mistake he made was a two run home run to Drew Gilbert. That ends up being the difference. But I guarantee you, if you told Scott Jackson before the game, would you take Holden Tennessee to three? He'd say every single time. Especially after you just scored, put up 15, right. what was it, every 26 time. total over Duke. Yeah. yeah. And and so, you know, the bats, you just couldn't get them going. And, and un- that was unfortunate. Uh, you had some opportunities in the sixth inning. They had a chance. And yet Brady Gulikowski couldn't get a bunt down. And then there was a couple of questionable calls. That sixth inning was really tough. You had a uh, third strike looking to Gulikowski that looked like it was off the plate. That would have loaded the bases mm-hmm. at that point with nobody out. Yeah. And then who knows what happens. And then you had another one uh, called third strike. I think it was to, to Jake Wilson to end the inning. So listen, Liberty, and, and 
and I was even having these conversations because, you know, you're watching with your kids and they're like, you know, what are these umpires and all that stuff? And you have to have the old conversation. Listen, it's never the umpire's fault, you know, whatever, like that, you know, that whole bit that you yeah. tell kids. But then when you're a player, you're always like, if he hadn't have made that call, we'd have won. But so you're saying your kids don't listen to the Flame Center uh, podcast? Well, no, they do not. <laughs> uh, Liberty had to fight against some tough calls this weekend. I mean, you had you had Scott Jackson ejected, you know, in the first yeah. game against Tennessee and pitching coach Matt Williams ejected. And they were battling that, and that was the same situation against Tennessee the first time. Your middle innings, you had a chance, an inning to maybe have a big opportunity. A tough call goes against you on a check swing where they actually called the pitch a strike. It wasn't to Will Wagner. Got Scott Jackson ejected. All kinds of adversity they had to go through there. Like this, There was more going on than just playing the game. They were yeah. battling some tough calls as well, and that's part of it. Every team goes through that. But, man, you think of just one of those, especially in the last game against Tennessee, yeah. that, that – pitch that looked to be outside against Kulikowski if that if they walk the bases loaded there nobody out that could change everything and so it's just those little things I mean that's how close it is winning and losing it's such a fine line yeah and then you think if well you know it's all looking to the future if, sure. if it had happened but you think you probably have to late again the next day and then it's just right anybody's and that's game. what you know, I had people texting me being like what do you think well they throw delay tonight against Tennessee yeah. I'm like man that's a quick turnaround yes. to ask him to do that but you're right, and I would love to know uh, from Scott Jackson, you know, had they made it to today right. and been playing at 1 o'clock today, do you bring DeLate back? You, and you just, do. Just, I think yeah. you have to. Just yeah. get whatever whatever juice you got left in the right. tank. Give us three innings. We'll figure it out from there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just, just couldn't get it done. But, again, some great performances up and down this lineup. It, it was really fun to see these guys, some of them playing their last game, you know, in a Flames uniform. Like, I think of a Trey McDyer, right? Yeah. He was a guy that – Scott Jackson talked about like wasn't traveling with the team early in his mm-hmm. career, you know, and he makes the all region team. He hits a home yeah, run against cool. Duke. He, you know, he ends his career in, in a regional that he'll never forget with some big moments. And that's, what's so cool. And that's, I think, right. You know, like as an athlete, you don't remember every game. You don't remember every series. Like all I remember from the last game I ever played was one really good defensive play I made. I don't remember anything else about it. I don't I'm not sure if we won. I don't know if I got any hits. Like I don't remember any of that stuff. But you remember those those little moments, you know, or maybe it's just one from the last game you played in, and a lot of these guys will have that that moment or two yeah. from this regional they'll remember forever. You know, Rhett, if the internet was around when Matt was playing baseball, we yeah, would have yeah. known more about I that mean, final was it play, maybe that last was it, game? Was it maybe one of the greatest defensive plays in modern baseball history? I'm not the one to judge. I'll leave that to history, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, probably. It was like the Jeter moment. Right. Where, what is he doing in between first and Yeah, home, right. right? Yeah. You know, just instinct. Yeah. You know, we'll talk a little bit more about the seniors and the impact that they had on this program in just a minute, but one of the guys you mentioned, Jalen Guy, yeah. Grand Slam. Yeah. But let's talk about that complete robbery. I mean, did it, I didn't I wasn't watching ESPN this weekend, so did he make Top plays. I, I it didn't had see. to, it, right? It had to. Yeah. I'll tell you this: it'll make top plays on Flame Center. Yeah, well, it, that's all that you know matters. What I mean? You know what I mean? It'd be interesting to do a Darius McGee, Jalen Guy, vert contest. vert off. Yes, a vert off. He got up there. Both. Yeah, he did. I mean, I've probably rewatched that fifteen times because you have to literally the timing of that has oh. to be absolutely perfect. Well, to make that. And catch. here's the thing: people don't think about, and we actually saw it in the first Tennessee game. Uh, go the wrong way for the Flames. On the first home run Tennessee hit, Jake Wilson gets back to the fence. And what you don't think about, the timing, yes. 
But if you go up and you bump that fence at all, mm. you're lost. Like you, you can't get oh, up yeah. there. Like if you, you have to time it right, be close enough to the fence to make the catch, but not hit the, not bump into the fence on the way up because then you're like, you're stuck. You're not, you're yeah. not going to keep going and, and be able to make the grab. And that's what happened to Jake uh, in that first Tennessee game. So yeah, there's so many things that, that go into that. But yeah, again, Scott Jackson said best defensive team he'd ever been around. And you saw it on the biggest of stages. I mean, you saw it in that game and, and Jalen Guy proves again why he's one of the best outfielders in the nation. What has it been lately about people running into walls too? Like that has been just a thing. We saw the twins guy. Why do you have to call me out like that, Red? <laughs> yeah. But we saw the twins guy. We saw it in uh softball, but then didn't didn't that happen in the regional as well? I feel like it was a Duke guy in the first game that we were watching together just hammered the wall at center field and felt yeah, he did. I and on Friday. Yeah, he was. Like, I don't know what's yeah. going on anyways. But you're right. There is a knack to that. It's like a, a skill. I don't know if it can be taught. But, man, it's just um, a natural ability that Jalen has to evade the wall and make spectacular catches. Yeah. yeah, that's so whenever there are the top 10 countdowns, I feel like they don't give enough credit for what you're talking about of all the perfect timing, the wall, everything that you have to do to make those type of catches versus – and, you know, I don't know what y'all's opinion are when it comes to top 10. Like, the difficulty of the play, I believe, is what it should be ranked by. Not, like, necessarily the moment that that play, you know, uh, there's a that. lot that goes into it. But I think that it's very difficult. You know, I, we should all go out to center field and try to we used jump to, and make Yeah, we used catches. to do that when in college when the team would be on the road and I was – Trey McDiring it early in his career and not traveling, <laughs> except I, that was for a much larger Are portion of sure my career really? than Trey's. I didn't have the great redemption story. He did. Uh, we would go out, me and some of the guys would go out and we'd do that in center field. You know, you just stand in kind of like deep center and try to just hit little balls and try to rob it. That's the crazy thing though, too, is think about you may go your whole career and not even get a chance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's those kind of plays are so fleeting. Like you may never have an opportunity to rob one. You may get one. And if you miss it, you're going to remember it for the rest of your <laughs> life. Like, that was my chance. Yeah. And so, again, great for Jalen to get that chance and make the most of it. Okay. I'm oh, going can I say one more thing? Sure, Matt. It's your show. I just want to give credit to the photo Jesse Rogers got of that shot. Oh, and yeah. saw it on social Unreal. media. Awesome. So, a lot of credit to her. Yes. In the moment, got it. You see him, like, at full elevation making that Extension. grab. Extension. Yeah. It was, it was beautiful. So we're going to do a little um, award ceremony for okay. Flames Baseball right now, okay? Because we need to dig up in the archives and we talked about this earlier in the season about like who you guys think will be the MVP. We'll start with the regional tournament. Who was the MVP for this regional tournament for the Flames, Matt? Oh boy! Or do we need to? Do you guys like need to think no, about it? And yeah. I can I can start. I'm gonna have to defer to Matt a lot of these because obviously he was the guy that watched them all year, and I like I have an idea, but I mean I think I'd, I'd probably go Aaron Anderson, uh, just from a sheer like start to finish. That guy just just hit nonstop. And are you talking about the entire season or just in this region? We're, to, we're we'll do both. We'll do the regional tournament. Who is the Flames MVP? And then the entire season. Who is the Flames MVP? Yeah, I, Aaron Anderson. Like he may have not had. I'm thinking back, like that one like moment, like Jalen Guy had a couple of big moments, but he just consistently, like that guy, just flat out hits. He hit like 370 here. for the season. So 375 on the year, 25 doubles. Four jacks. Yeah. yeah. Um, Just a, yeah. one of the top doubles, you know, hitters in the country. Uh, 
I, I would I would go that route. Just as consistent as he was, he was unbelievable. And that's for the regional tournament. Yeah. What do you? Who do you have for the season? For the season, I know it's not you know traditional. You typically split the awards, but like I would give pitcher of the year and MVP to to Trevor Delate. Yeah. Like that guy was so good, and you just something about when you win that Friday game, you know it kind of takes the pressure off, right? You know you only need to win one to win the series. And in Liberty's case, they ended up sweeping more often than not. But Friday night, so important. And as dominant as he was, which we've seen now with all the awards he's been nominated for, you know, college pitcher of the year, he made an All-American team. Like, I think he was he was the MVP of the season. He he was so good. Who did his one loss come to? Do you remember? Uh, I believe it was TCU. Okay. Uh, back that was back in February. February. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. So, yeah, he was just incredibly dominant. And good for him, too. He kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit because there was so much offense against Duke. Yeah. But you yeah. wonder, okay, you've had all this success against the A-Sun, right? And I think even we kind of, like, downplay the A-Sun a little bit. Like, oh, you know, what, whatever. Okay. We? You, did, you got a mouse in your pocket? Well, we haven't said anything about the A-Sun. You did Matt. great, but it's like. <laughs> Now, he doesn't pitch against, you know, he's not pitching against ACC teams in the midweek. You know what I mean? So he's not facing yeah. those lineups. So it's like, okay, you get Duke, who's been swinging the bat so well. How are you going to fare against these guys? You just get all these awards piled on you. Now you got to go out there and pitch against the hottest team in the country. And he delivered. And he was he was great as always. I always wonder, like, you know, one day, 40 years down the road, or maybe 50 when he has, like, grandkids. And he's like, listen, kids, let me tell you about the year I had at Liberty. When yeah. I just let it up. And took down Duke. Really cool, though, to see him come into this program. Yeah. Um, and and I think that that gets lost a little bit, not only in college, but um, in pros, too, when, when a, a guy is traded and expected to deliver. There's, like, a lot of changes going on in the personal oh, life, too, yeah. right? Like, your first season switching to a job, like, your first year in a new job, like, you're not going to do great. And what he was able to do his first year in a new job, in a new place, um, is just really, really remarkable. But, you know, the five seniors that we look at, Trevor DeLate, Jake Ellard, uh, Jake Wilson, no. Uh, Fraser Ellard. Fraser Ellard, Jake Wilson, um, Cam Locklear, and Trey McDyer, you know, just the impact that those guys, the, the three transfers, and then and then Cam and Trey, what they did to build up this program since Scott Jackson came in. We we did the the feature on some of the guys, like giving one word to describe each of the seniors, and you can just tell how much of an impact. And they they're leaving this program definitely at a new level. Going back to what you said, though, I think it is incredible that Delate comes to a new program for one year. You have to get acquainted with the coaching staff and the catchers and whatnot, and to be able to put up the numbers that he did, I think that was lights out. You know, I'll give props to one person, uh, that's his wife. I'm sure she was a real big stabilizing yeah. factor throughout the season, and just you come to a new place, and sometimes you're like, I don't know anybody, but at least you have your wife there, come home, talk to. I'm sure there was times where he's like, man, this is not going the way I was, not, not like the whole season, but like there's days where you're like, man, I had a rough day, right? Or yeah. like, I'm having a hard time catching this aspect and then just having a sounding board at home. I'm sure she was big in, in all of that. That's so sweet, Rick. No. In the brownie. <laughs> no, no. I'm being serious, wife though. Shout but, out. Yes. But um, overall, Matt, Cam <laughs> yeah. and Trey McDyer, you know, talk about just what you think they did to change this program. You've seen them the last, they've been, both been here five yeah. years. Yeah. You know, they yeah. made a big decision to come back after really not needing to or having to getting the extra year with COVID. So that was like a big move for them. They put their life, you know, on hold for another right. year for Flames baseball. Consistency is underrated. 
Like we yeah. we like oh. the 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 peaks. We like the flashy stuff. Consistency is underrated. And that's what you got with those guys. That's what you got with Cam Locklear, who started from day one and started for five years. Ended up setting the program record, 246 games played. Mm. Like you knew every single day what you were going to get out of him. And it wasn't always, you know, huge offensive numbers and all of that stuff. But you knew how good he was defensively. You knew what you were going to get. And Trey McDyer turned into that as well. I mean, even early this year, there were some times where he wasn't playing. He kind of got the bat going again, and you knew defensively how good he would be. And those two guys are just solid. Like, you just know what you're going to get. You know the moment's not going to be too big for them. And and that there's something to be said for that, for guys that you just know day in and day out, they're going to work. They're going to set an example for the younger guys. And they can be trusted in big moments. And those guys, those guys were, and yeah, they're definitely going to be missed. I mean, I think we said this on the baseball broadcast, but Liberty basically went eight years with two shortstops. Yeah, I was just about to bring that yeah. up. Dalton Britt, Dalton Britt. And, and Locklear. Actually, I guess it was nine. Yeah, I guess nine. it was nine yeah. years. Yeah, nine years. That's ridiculous. Wow. Like that's mm-hmm. crazy. So good luck to whoever has to step I know. in after that. You know, I was gonna say no there, pressure. Is yeah. another freshman because the last two guys have played since their freshman year yeah. have been the 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 opening day starter. Like that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody. It may not be that case in the future, but still, just think that you've had the last decade of two real solid, reliable guys at short. That is a huge luxury. Imagine trying to recruit that position because it's like, right. yeah, well, come to flame, yeah. but you're not probably going to play at shortstop anytime soon. Sure. You're going to have yeah. to sit and until they're gone. But anyways, um, we'll talk about the future of the Flames in just a minute. Um, Want to tease our track and field program. We have three athletes going out to Eugene, Oregon for nationals, which is an extremely big deal. Um, we'll talk about that in just a moment, but... Like I said, Matt, the future of the Flames, where these these seniors, regardless if they were here one season or five, I know that it was disappointing that, you know, the Flames lost in this regional final, but there are a lot of positives to look forward to in the future of this program. Oh, yeah. You're continuing to see this program get better and better, and we're seeing them play at a higher and higher level. And the cupboard's not bare. I mean, you talk about those five guys that are leaving. Who knows? Who else is leaving? That's the tricky part with baseball, right? Because, you know, the draft, you see guys leave after the junior year. Yeah. We know, like, Will Wagner, he's he's done. Which, by the way, should mention him, three hits in his very last game yeah. as a flame again. 20 on the season, 20 multi-hit games. Yeah. I think yeah. that's crazy. So that was good to see him finish on a high note. The draft is starts on July 11th, so we'll find out more then. But you, the cupboard's not bare. You bring back some really talented people. Obviously, Trey Gibson will be at the head of that on the mound. Also, a guy, don't forget about... Joe Adametz, big left-handed pitcher who missed this year, Tommy John surgery, really talented, showed some really good stuff, especially his freshman campaign. He'll be back. And then you'll just see kind of who comes back as far as like an Aaron Anderson, Gray Betts. I don't know what like their draft stock would look like, um, but I'll say, say this. If you get those two guys back, I don't know what follows them in the lineup, but you have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you have those two guys, one, two in your lineup, whatever happens after – You've got a chance because those two guys are that good. And the pitching depth we talked about up and down the staff, like it's still there. There's a lot of young guys who really didn't even get that much of an opportunity this year because of who was in front of them that are really talented as well. So, and don't, last thing, I keep saying and, but one more thing. Remember what the Flames did in the transfer portal last year. Yeah. Now, like you think, you think a kid who's maybe like a Fraser Ellard or an Aaron Anderson who's playing at a D2 program like both of them were a year ago. And isn't looking at Liberty. Right. You think they wouldn't say, man, why couldn't I do that? 
You know, like uh, we've seen it happen on the basketball side with some guys that the Flames have plucked. You know, your Chris Parkers, uh, Keenan Gums, guys from the D two level that have had big impacts. Like Liberty, maybe they fill fill a few holes that route again. Uh, it certainly worked out this year. Plucked. Hopefully, that isn't out of uh, our old mascots' feathers. Pluck. Oh boy, that was plucked. A, uh, plucked. Oh, I, Sparky. Yeah. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. so. We used to do, let's do like a little throwback Thursday on this Monday. We used to do a Matt's Minute, but he's basically had every minute of the podcast Sorry. so far. So are you are you going to talk about Eugene? Yes. That is the tease, Rhett. That is oh. part of, we're going to give a Rhett's ramblings. And then the longer we hold off because oh. people are so excited of my my Eugene Oregon story, they're going to keep listening until Sorry. you're done. I didn't see that. With your Rhett's ramblings. Didn't see that on the feed rundown. the animals. I oh, didn't see it on the rundown. Well, yeah. wherever our producer is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah. your Rhett's ramblings, obviously, you can figure out what that segment's all about. Rhett, what do you want to ramble about today? All right. There is a hidden a secret weapon i will call it in the liberty basketball program i thought we were talking about feeding the animals we can all right we can do that real quick i'll give you 15 seconds for no, even you 30. can you can you talk about taking your children right. i took my okay i took my kids to the safari park we have a lot of natural, chemistry on this monday let me just natural tell you bridge this past weekend it was a good time it, it was fun and uh so obviously i have a lot of kids so they're all packed in the 12 passenger van basically all seven kids that can walk were in the front two seats just we were jammed in there right and uh it's funny how the little two guys were just like you know an alpaca or whatever it is comes by they're like no like just freaked out do not let me touch this thing but the ostriches those jokers are like so intense like they come to your window and it's just like this death stare at you and the beak looks like a weapon oh yeah it was was a good time overall yeah no i i drive past the ostrich i can't deal with them they're they are so terrifying looking like i feel like they will if they get a hold of you they will like yeah it looks like peck you peck you to death i will say this this was the funny part so my wife and i get home and we're like beat and exhausted but we're like what what were some of these animals we look it up and it's like this is a cow native to Texas. <laughs> this is a cow native to some. So, like, we basically saw a lot of cows. Yeah, there. that's good. Anyways, okay. Secret weapon in the Liberty Basketball. Let's program, talk about okay? it. Okay. I'm going to say this. Not a lot of people know this, but Matt Warner, not only does he give you great calls during Liberty Men's Basketball, but he's also the secret weapon when it comes to recruiting. And I can't, I'm not going to name names, but they bring through athletes. All right. And we get to show them the Flames Central Studio. Matt Warner is typically the host. And I will say this guy does a pretty doggone good job. He has a good record of hauling in some nice pieces. <laughs> like he is like the finisher. No, no. Yeah, no, no, no. I know he's going to say no. He's being humble right now. But we know the truth, Emily. And this is a time where I don't want you to to rip on Matt. But like, let's let's tell <laughs> the truth. Okay. He he does a good job of 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 kind of just polishing things off a little bit. I know Richie's the he's the cake. He's the cake. <laughs> but Matt Warner, might, may or may not be the spatula. You know those pretty wow. flowers up top on the Thank cake? You, that's that's yes. Warner. That was that was lovely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Am I getting fired? Is he getting a raise? Like what's <laughs> happening? No, 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 no. I'm just saying. Just saying. We're not just uh we're not just doing podcasts and TV shows. We've got other stuff. I think Jackson was <laughs> telling us a little bit about like you sweet talk the moms and and tell them how like special their sons no, are and they're no, gonna no, feel no, no, and, no, no, the secrets because no, yeah. people oh, know. Yeah. First off, don't give oh, away too much. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Alex, I'm gonna need you yeah. control all delete. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, do you have a minute? Do you want a minute? No, I, I feel like I, I've probably said enough. Okay, I, I, I didn't have I honestly. Agree. My entire weekend was basically 
at the pool or watching baseball or doing both at the same time. Like in the Duke game on Sunday, it's like I yeah, the pool, uh, throw up the phone. Like me yeah. and Jack are sitting there like on the chair next to the pool watching that first inning. So that was basically the weekend. It was a blast. Jack, umpires can ruin games yeah, and well. they can change <laughs> the game, Jack. Next, he'll learn that on his own. Yeah. yeah. Um. So track and field has three athletes going to Eugene, Oregon for nationals. Um. I know a lot of people don't really love or interested in track and field. However, this is such a big honor for these three athletes. It is so extremely difficult to get to that stage. Um. You have Chelsea Igbarasi who's going – as a thrower in the discus, and then you have Kyle Mitchell in the shot put, and um, Felix Felix Candy. Candy going in the ste- men's steeplechase. And Rhett, you you have been interested in, in maybe competing in the men's steeplechase. It's kind I, of like I'm honestly just curious about this town of Eugene. It almost seems like an oasis. The motto is a great city for the arts and outdoors, also known as the Emerald City. Mm. Also known as Tracktown USA. I know. You've already said that one. I know. But so Eugene, Oregon is obviously, for uh, for people who don't know, that's where like Nike was born because you mm. have Bill Bowerman, who is the head track and field coach that came over. I'm not really sure where he came over from overseas, but he came over to, you know, brought kind of running to America and he created. Oh, and it ever run. <laughs> Thank you. Until this, yeah. Bill, until this, this Bill exactly guy's like, have you, ever, have you ever tried to move your legs really fast? No. He, Give that a go. He yeah. like started. You guys are so mean to me. You guys, please. Please leave comments and and <laughs> feedback. And if I, I'm just being oh pathetic, goodness. then no. Bill Bowerman like <laughs> made the first running shoe out of a waffle. Okay, a waffle iron. But now that you got that down. Put these on your feet. <laughs> <laughs> I know people ran before yeah. him, but I'm just saying. Like, so he. I'm so done with this. Yeah. So uh, good luck to those three flames. Yeah, right. And Eugene, I give up. Several, I give up trying to get people to care about running. Several spots in Eugene are also believed to be inspirations for locations in The Simpsons. Okay. Yes. I could not watch that show. No, I couldn't either. either. Okay. No, I was either. not allowed. No, not a lot. I can um, add to that. Nobody at home. But Wednesday, right, is when Kyle and Felix compete. compete. So like first day. Uh, of the whole meet, they they go Wednesday. Yeah, so that's um, exciting for them. I know that they're going out there and having a lot of cool experiences. I'm There's sure. so much, you know, in the track world to see. So we're going to do like a little documentary of their experience out there. They have a couple of our GoPros, so be on the lookout for that. They are all such great. And I guess they're not kids, but like young adults and um, just really, really excited to hopefully see them have some success out there and and do some stories on them this this summer because they are just have some phenomenal stories. But yeah, you guys got to get out to Eugene, Oregon in itself and just like the Nike. Obviously, Nike was like, you know, started there. And that's who we were talking about last week. I hope you guys watched the movie pre Steve Prefontaine, uh, yeah. first guy who endorsed it, Nike. Yeah, we did this. Bill Bowerman was his yeah. coach. Yeah, I he have was the been first to, person to run in America. I have been to Oregon. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. That's all, can I say that's one thing that I struggle with on the show is that the Canadians say Oregon, so I try to speak. That sounds like a the polygon. same sound as you guys. Yeah. Oregon, that, right? Oregon. 
Oregon. Yeah, 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 Oregon. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening <laughs> to this week's Flame Central podcast. We we'll talk with Matt and see what he wants to do for the schedule this summer. Yeah, I think we'll probably start spinning it forward a little bit, right? Yeah. Start yeah. looking forward to the fall. I like it. Uh, having some people on with football, some other coaches from uh, sports coming up in the fall, and also we had another well-known. Oh yeah, alumnus reach out via social media and say. I got to get on the podcast. Flynn and Matt Warner's DMs. I'm coming into town. Yeah. I need to get on the podcast. So tease, we're going to have another another big name coming hey, up. Hey, talking about spinning it forward, I'm just going to throw this out there. Let's try to get Nikki Parsley Blocker yeah. for next week because also talking about the fact of going playing from spring back to fall, the shortened summer mm. for her. I think that Also, let's guess. see if we can get her talking about how Liberty Field Hockey just got robbed. That got robbed yeah. oh, I, of yeah. an NCAA We're tournament appearance. See if we week. can get her yeah. fired up a little bit. Right. Okie dokie. Well, that sounds like a little bit of drama, but that, <laughs> but that's good drama, right? So she also does mountain biking on the right? side. We just yeah. did a you feature on her if you want to watch. On their uh, social media channel. Some really cool shots that I need you guys to go and watch and appreciate because our very own Doug Cruz, he risked his life and had a very, you know. He took a nasty fall. He, like he took a, took a hard tumble. Our, sorry, I totally interrupted you. I feel like we should Welcome put that up life. on our own social media accounts just yeah. to see what happened behind the scenes. Dougie Cruz just biting. On a mountain bike, yeah. getting a shot, completely bit it. I promise this is going to be the end of the show. We are completely rambling. Guys, thanks for <laughs> listening. We'll see you right back here next week.